Hello, and welcome to Las Doctoras podcast, bringing you conversations about race, gender, sexuality, reproductive justice, and so much more. I am Dr. Renee Limas, gender pronouns she, her. I am Dr. Christina Rose, gender pronouns she, her, hers. In this podcast, we are going to share space with women and other people of color to discuss ways to dismantle all systems of oppression, including white supremacist, capitalistic, cis-heteronormative patriarchy. We imagine ourselves sitting at the table in our abuelita's house, sharing a pot of frijoles de la olla and chasing that with a shot of tequila, all while thinking of revolutionary ideas. That's the sentiment we hope to bring you, and we invite you to join us on this journey. Bienvenidos. Hello, and welcome to episode eight of Las Doctoras podcast. In this episode, we interview Carmen Sima, who is an Ayurvedic practitioner, as well as an intuitive guide and channeler. Um, Christina and I have both experienced channeling sessions with Carmen, and we were so struck by the power of these sessions and the healing and clarity it brought us. And so, you know, as Christina and I have been talking about spirituality and discussing the ways in which we both are exploring other ways of connecting to spirit and God or creator or our spiritual guides or our ancestors, we thought it would really be powerful to highlight the work of Carmen. She is a Latina um, in our community of Long Beach um, and she is doing this amazing work. The conversation that we have with her is so powerful. Just as in the last episode, Christine and I talk about our spiritual journeys, Carmen shares her spiritual journey in this episode. I'm similarly, going from sort of evangelical Christianity to really being more curious about sort of science-based um, belief systems, leading her into Ayurveda, and then eventually connecting her with her power to connect with um, spirits and other realms. In these, you know, in, in our last episode and in this episode, part of the reason why Christine and I want to have these conversations of spirituality on our podcast is really to normalize other ways of knowing, other ways of understanding the world, other ways of connecting to higher powers, connecting to other realms of existence, connecting to, to our ancestors, um, especially because we recognize that as Latinas, we have a rich history of spiritual practices that were often erased or pushed underground um, by colonization. And so in our own search for reconnecting to ancestral belief systems, we want to reclaim these in our lives and we want to reclaim them for our children and for others who might be in search of a spiritual grounding outside of traditional or institutionalized religions. Our conversation with Carmen really highlights the importance of self-care as a way to connect to our spiritual understanding and truly just the full capacity of humanity. It's just amazing how all the sort of nuances of this theme that we get into anywhere from sort of self-care to our connections to a higher power or to other powers and then what what the importance of that is, the healing power of being able to make these connections, being able to gain clarity around that 
and then what it means for the world, you know, what it means for our larger sort of consciousness. It's just amazing. So it's it's just a, a beautiful conversation. I do want to say that there is a little bit of background noise that you'll have to excuse. You know, we often have our children with us at when we're recording these podcasts and, you know, we, we want to be able to create these powerful conversations with amazing people. But the reality is that we are also mothers and we have, we want to be able to, to do both of those things. And so, you know, this is what happens. And, you know, I think for me, I, I run into some, some things I have to reflect on in terms of my own like perfectionism in trying to get the best sound. And especially when we have such powerful guests wanting to make sure that their message comes through so clearly, but it's also really, really important for us as a, as an act of resistance, standing in our political principles to be able to also be mothers, right. And be, and have our children with us. If, if we, need to and if we want to. So that's, you know, we're kind of in this place of trying to sort of balance out like wanting to do this work and do it to the best of its ability or our ability and and do it with quality and give it the reverence that it deserves. But again, also really wanting to to stand in that we want to be able to mother our children at the same time. And that's super, super important to us. So you'll have to excuse what I like to refer to as our background music. And we hope that you enjoy this powerful conversation with Carmen Sima that left Christina and I in awe. We felt like we went to church and we were healed by this amazing priestess. So enjoy the episode. Welcome everyone. Welcome, welcome. On our podcast today, we are interviewing Carmen Sima and I will let her introduce herself and then we can get a little bit more into um, what we're talking about today. Carmen, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, a little nervous, but mostly happy. Um, well, I am an Ayurvedic practitioner. I work here in Long Beach. Mainly what I do is help people balance themselves through diet and herbs and understanding their constitution, their energetic body. Mm. Ayurveda is a ancient wisdom from India. It literally stands for the science of life. And it basically yeah. helps us understand our constitution so that we can be in tune with the seasons mm-hmm. like our ancestors were mm-hmm. being in tune with the elements of nature so that we could eat according to nature's divine orchestration and um, through the process of being an Ayurvedic practitioner by tuning into my own nature and mother earth my intuition started to develop and now I'm also an intuitive guide um, mm-hmm. or a channel some people call me and I also help people connect with their ancestors, uh, their guardian angels, and interdimensional beings. Mm. So that's exciting. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. I feel like we should go around and say, I'm Christina Vata Kaffa or something oh. like that. <laughs> no, I'm Pitta, Pitta Vata. <laughs> we were just talking about that yesterday. We were. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, Christine and I have been talking a lot about our own spiritual journeys and the fact that our spirituality is what drives us and drives really all of our work, right? It's kind of the foundation, um, to what we do. And, you know, for people that grew up in, I guess, institutionalized religions, right? Like Christianity, Catholicism, 
And then being like adults now and exploring, you know, not super vastly different, but just exploring, like I think you had said, like a much more expansive Mm -hmm. understanding Mm -hmm. of spirituality. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's led us into different kinds of spiritual practices. And I'll say that for myself, especially, um, so my father's been passed away for about four and a half years. And it's really, for lack of a better term, forced me (laughs) to kind of get much more in touch with my spirituality than I think even I ever had before. And so last year, I kind of went through a spiritual transformation of of sorts. You know, it was it kind of hit me like a bullet train, Um, you know, really kind of allowing myself to grieve um, that I think I hadn't allowed myself to do for a long time. And, um, and so I started to, yeah, explore different kinds of spiritual practices, um, outside of Catholicism and it led me to tarot and it led me to, and, and actually like recognizing that that, uh, is actually a part of my own ancestry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, it eventually led me to you, Carmen, <laughs> And I think it was really, you know, I, I have had connections to other spiritual beings. I think since I was a child, I've always had really vivid dreams and dreams of my deceased ancestors. Um, but I, I was kind of, I kind of turned that off. I think sometimes it it was, it seemed scary and um and so when my dad passed away and i was having all of these dreams like really straight talking to him and then th- they kind of disappeared after a while so there was a lot of like is he okay where is he at what's going on and so i, I think it was me about getting clarity you know in like cuz i was still getting messages but i just didn't know what was what and I needed clarity and that's what I you know I I found you online and I was like she's Latina she does this work Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know because that's such a that's so important to me too um and then eventually you know Christina and I along with some colleagues of our doing that group channeling oh I will say the one that you and I did really changed a lot for me um it really it was it was a life-changing thing for me, I will say. And then eventually Christine and I with some colleagues of ours did a group channeling session. And I think we've been sitting with a lot of those reflections as well. I just listened to the, re- the you know, the recording that you allowed us like again and again in my little <laughs> section. I, I, because, I mean, I wanted to hear so much my grandparents' voices. So, yeah. I so I think it's, you know, we, we, We've been, I think it was recognizing how important the work that you do is and um, just wanting to, yeah, I think it was like, oh, let's invite invite Carmen (laughs) so we can kind of have these conversations, you know, and and have a much more, I think, nuanced conversation around like spirituality and Mm -hmm. um, so, oh, and I think the other thing is that I want to kind of highlight is how healing this work is right healing is such an important part of this and for me again you know dealing with grief and christina's also been dealing with grief you know recent grief and death and you know ultimately recognizing how much you know healing we need Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. 
So let's get into it. We'll start Mm -hmm. with, you know, let's start from the beginning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So wanting to ask you, Carmen, how did you come to this work? You know, what is, if you want to tell us a little bit about your own spiritual journey or path and how you ended up here. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Well, well, when I grew up, my mom was very, Early on in my life, she was very religious. She was Catholic for a long time, and then she was finding herself and, and then became, um, well, evangelist, an evangelist Christian. Mm-hmm. Very strict. And we went to church, and we went to church t- twice a week. And we were very, very committed as a family. I think she was really trying to heal her own traumas. Her mother had... Um, committed suicide at a very young age and it really traumatized her and it just brought a lot of darkness and a lot of shame to her to her body her mind and her entire family through that she just became very tunnel vision with religion Mm. and she created so much fear in our home about Mm. what not to do what wasn't right as Mm. far as the other types of religions that were out there and very judgmental Mm-hmm. And that didn't resonate with me even at a very young age. I felt like this doesn't feel good to my body. Perhaps because I was empathic, I felt like I didn't like going to church, feeling so good, and then going out and hearing the same church people talk negatively about mm-hmm. the own the same congregation. Mm-hmm. And it's at a very young age, I felt like energetically it wasn't resonating with my heart. So I would go and attend mass mass when we were Catholic and just regular service when we were were Christian. And I just remember thinking, this isn't right. This Mm. isn't right. I asked a lot of questions, got in trouble often, got kicked (laughs) out of a lot of those little groups that they have for the children. Eventually got kicked out of um, catechism because I asked a lot of questions. Mm. And I was always getting in trouble because I was nosy. I wanted to understand Mm -hmm. that nosy, but I was... I was on my own. Curious. Path. I was very curious. Yeah. I wasn't nosy. I was curious. It's the perfect word. I asked my mom. She didn't give me the right answers. She just like, just go, just listen, just learn. Mm-hmm. It wasn't resonating with me. And it was very frustrating. So as an adult, when I had my son, I said, I'm not going to take him to church. I'm going to teach him about God in a more direct way. I just mm. want to go straight to God. I don't want to go to church. So I did not baptize my son. Mm. And I just decided to teach him a different way of connecting to God. So we, at that time, we didn't have YouTube. It's <laughs> like 1997, 1998. Yeah. We didn't have you know, all the internet access that we do now. So I just organically had this relationship with, with God, with God, mm. uh, with my source. And I established habits at home. We would pray. We had altars, but they weren't really altars. They were just locations where we would sit and talk to God. So it was more of a conversation that it, how I began this connection. And my son, the same. We just would sit there and ask God questions and we would just sit, sit quietly. We didn't hear answers, but we just did that practice. Mm-hmm. It was a very interesting way of communing with God. And I got criticized a lot by my friends because I did not take my son to church. Mm-hmm. But we talked to God all the time in the car. We talked to God when we had... Um, once my car was stolen and we were both like, okay, God, what's going on here? And my son said, mom, we just have to let it go. So I, I started to realize that the answers were coming through me sometimes through my son and other people. Mm-hmm. Like I would ask God questions and people would start answering mm-hmm. them. So I started to become very observant. 
And fast forward to the crash of the uh, oh. recession 2009. <laughs> Prior to that, I was in marketing and advertising and didn't like my job very much. But 2009, the recession, I got laid off. Mm. I had an opportunity to go back to school. All of my life, I've been very connected to health. I've always been a health conscious person. And um, I decided to study holistic medicine. Mm. And I studied Ayurveda. I wanted to go to the most oldest way of healing the body. I wanted to get to like the concentrated version of holistic health. And I found Ayurveda. Through the process of being in an Ayurvedic school, it was like boot camp for my mind, my body, and my spirit. Because it's so strict. You got to eat a certain way. You have to take care of yourself. Who teaches us to take care of our physical body? Mm-hmm. Right? Who teaches us to ground, to take care of ourselves during our menstruation to eat differently through the seasons no one was teaching this back back when i was going to the um this learning this information and it was beautiful it was mind-boggling how simple mm-hmm. how simple but how come no one's teaching us to prevent illness my mother also was sick during that time and i was searching for answers and that is why it led me to ayurveda so i'm thinking i'm just going there to go to school to learn a practice mm-hmm. so that i could become that uh, person to other people but little did I know that in the process of learning Ayurveda, Ayurveda connected me to a more grounded physical body, which then opened up my connection to God. Oh. It was crazy. Like, I didn't expect that at all. I was going at it for more logical and practical reasons, right? But as I grounded my body, I started to become more receptive to God. So when I would hear um, people, my intuition, I would just be- I became more observant. And my own, ins- which we all have intuition. Mm-hmm. Everybody has intuition. Mm-hmm. We all have a capacity to channel. Mm-hmm. And I know the question was more like, how did you get into like your belief system? My, my current belief system is really rooted in having grounded my body, taking care of my body, because our body is hosting our soul, and our soul is a spark of our creator. Mm-hmm. So it took me out of all the paradigm that I had of Catholicism and feeling guilty and being confused because religion was just not resonating with my spirit. Mm-hmm. When I started to really eat uh, in a more, I, it wasn't even like super strict. It was just more appropriate to my constitution like mm. with what agreed with me. I literally started to open more of my intuition and mm. it was beautiful. And then I started to see visions and I was, um, constantly running away from it to be honest with you <laughs> i started to hear uh-huh. people tell me their thoughts even though they they weren't aware of it mm-hmm. i had very interesting dreams and i ran away from it i ran away from mm-hmm. it i did not want to be a woo-woo i did not want to be considered <laughs> one of those girls i was very much connected to being a resource for people to come and learn how to eat I wanted to just be like this holistic practitioner person to support people in their body, to feel better in their bodies and to be healthy. Mm-hmm. It was always very important to me. But little did I know that it was going to open my mind to a higher consciousness. Yeah. And I think the message that I, I would like to share is that we all have beautiful spiritual gifts that by taking care, it's so basic, by taking care of our bodies, we relax we calm mm-hmm. our, our mind and then we're more tuned into our own gift. Yeah. And that's how 
we express. <laughs> that's how we express, you know, the divine. That's how we connect. That's how we become religious or spiritual. I guess not religious, but spiritual. Yeah. By taking care of ourselves. It's so basic. Wow. Wow. It's so basic. And I, I tell this to people all the time. They all ask me, how did you become a channel? How could you talk to ghosts? How can you see my mom standing next to me? I said, they eat right. <laughs> oh I my promise. God. It's really, I did. I have not <laughs> once. Read, so I have yeah. not once read a book on channeling. I refuse mm. to read anything yeah. about channeling or how to increase my intuition. There's so mm. much information out there. I promise I have just respected that that God lives, the divine, the infinite intelligence lives in our bodies, in our, all of our cells. I have turned my focus to myself. Mm-hmm. Instead of going out into a church and praying to an entity outside of myself, mm-hmm. I've paid attention to what the ancients were saying and it's not just the indians it's the mayans the aztecs our ancestors native mm-hmm. americans mm-hmm. they say the same thing mm-hmm. the divine dwells within us even jesus christ said look within your heart the reason his heart was sacred is because he acknowledged that he was from the source that yeah. the source that his creator was in his heart so he became self-actualized as did the Buddha and all these divine masters, right? So that's what right now in the collective consciousness, we're trying to get to that space, but we're making it more difficult than it has to be. Mm. It really begins first by addressing the body's needs. Wow. That's a long answer. (laughs) No. The last part really is like challenge. It's like, or hear that, hear that, you know, hear. No, I feel like we just went to to church right now. So much is coming up, right? Like um, thinking about when you saying going to church didn't necessarily resonate with you. And, um, you know, it's interesting as I, I grew up in Catholicism. I went to Catholic school my whole life, you know, from first grade to 12th grade. And actually it did resonate with me at the time. Like I, it made total sense to me. I think it was when I was getting older and I didn't have that structure anymore, like of Catholic school and of, and especially after I moved out of my mom's house, I didn't know how to do spirituality on my own. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, but I don't really want to go to church, right? Like it became more of a, a burden. Yeah, a chore. And I didn't want that relationship with it. So, um, you know, but also like, like you said, I've, I've had these moments of hearing you know things and I also was like turning it off and um but anyway but like hearing something like I'm like man if, if they would have said stuff like this at church well, <laughs> I would have gone they the opposite really they sh- shared self-abnegation like um self-flagellation like really like, like denying your body um yeah letting like trying to, you know, give it away in so many ways to just be spirit, just be soul from that like binary place, you know? Um, and yeah, I think I also really, you know, was in it, you know, when I was young and then really recognized at some point that I have no idea how to take care of myself. Mm. And if I can't take care of myself, my body, my spirit, then, you know, I've, I've lost the, the basics. I don't have the basics. Yeah. And um, 
And I think so much of that is a teaching of, of you know, Christianity as well as, like, self-sacrifice, mm-hmm. especially as women, right? Yes. Like, that you're supposed to, especially when you become a mother, like, you're supposed to sacrifice everything, who you are, for your children, for the better of others. Yeah. And it's then, very disempowering. And then you lose yourself. Especially to women. Especially. Yeah. You know, you you lose yourself. I... I do a lesson about this with my students, you know, when we, we kind of deconstruct like the image of the Virgin Mary and how she, she became the symbol, Mm -hmm. right. Of on one hand, sexuality, right. Like being the virgin, right. Mm -hmm. But then also being the suffering mother, right. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's just, that's, that's what motherhood is about. Mm -hmm. Martyrism. Mm -hmm. Victimization. And it just is like, you don't, that it's not a conversation. It's like that's just right. that's just the mark of motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we how do we like where are the examples where that's not the case? Yeah, you know. And and I think so much so often like being in search of in search of that right. And then like for me, it's been take it's taken going to therapy. Mm-hmm. And every time I would like say these things, my therapist would say. You just need to take care of yourself. And I'm like, no, but there's this going on and there's this going on. And she'd say, you, you need to take care, care of yourself. yourself. Yes. Or you need to love yourself. And mm-hmm. I'm like, but so-and-so did this. And they're like, it doesn't matter. You need to love yourself. And I was like, yeah. Well, all the triggers are so much more heightened when we're not well. Yes. yes. Our mind, right? And it really boils down to what's in charge of, like, who's in charge of our mind? And when we give up our power to the church, we are... So just we're so it's very dismantling to our mm-hmm. to our consciousness because we're relying on something outside of ourselves to tell us that we're good, and it's steeped and in male and white Absolute, supremacy, absolutely. right? So it's just you're hearing again and again like this is you're not what you should be, right? You need to yes, and you need to be submissive and mm-hmm. obey the rules mm-hmm. and. I think mm-hmm. for, for a lot of us, that does not, well, especially growing up in, in our own cultures, like, that doesn't resonate. We're very rebellious as women and Latinas. We already have this, like, very strong fire within us, right? <laughs> We're like, I'm not sure. That's probably why, probably why you didn't resonate with church after a while, because you start to feel out of alignment or something inside of you instinctually started to feel like it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Well, and even like you said about I am enough is usually what my therapist has to oh. say. I am enough. You know, you can tell we've done a lot of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, um, like you said, the idea of asking questions. I was fortunate enough in my high school that I had religion teachers. I think because they were younger and mm-hmm. you know maybe mm-hmm. came from a different training, but. They were like, oh, yeah, it's important to ask questions. So I felt like I was able to ask mm-hmm. questions. But the more questions I asked, obviously, the more complex things get. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but normally there isn't a lot of space for that, right? Like, don't ask questions. Well, I didn't feel like I could ask questions till I got to college, for sure. Yeah. And that's, and that's mm-hmm. you know, it's and, – and, like, even now when I teach and I tell people, you know, you know, this is a class and I'm the professor <laughs> – <laughs> but I don't have all the answers. And I'm not actually here to give you any answers. I'm here to teach you how to ask questions. Yeah. To live the questions of now. everything. Right? Yeah. You know, of ev- everything. Yeah, you know? totally. That's what college is for. 
if it's if not before. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. My experience of college was the opposite. It actually mm. took me to the other extreme mm. of being an atheist. So I was an atheist for a mm. while because, mm. I, of course, my 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 focus was biology, <laughs> and of course, like mm. you need to prove things, yeah. right? So Evidence. I'm with chemistry teachers and biology teachers, and there many of them are closed to religion because they're scientists so i went from one extreme of growing up with all of this dogma then and then going into the religious i'm sorry the scientific mind which Mm. is very very logical and very linear yes and so when i got out of college i was just confused like what am i what am i and i said (laughs) i'm gonna go back to my own conversations with god and yeah. I just talk to God whenever I feel like talking to God. I don't have to go somewhere. I talk yes. to him in my car, which is often where it happens mm. in my car because I feel like I have privacy there. Yeah. And and that's really, for me, what has become a, a ritual of just not having to go anywhere or mm-hmm. even to – sometimes I don't even carve time out to – to be spiritual, to have a spiritual practice, I just become the practice. Let let the practice be in yes. my life. Mm. It's so revolutionary, really, right? To step away from a system that says either or, good or bad, mm-hmm. um, this way or this way, that binary, right? Like it's the head or the heart, or it's like you know the ors, you know, versus and, and then to step kind of into a world that says yes and more, you know, and you, yeah. and you know, I just. It's seen, amazing. And it's often like, like you said, you went from dogma to science and as if those are mutually exclusive, exactly. <laughs> right? As if those are two like mm-hmm. antagonistic exactly. opposites. opposites. And it's like, how can those live in the same place? You know, right. I, I see that so often, you know, when I do kind of tap into my spiritual ideas and you know, again, as a professor, they're like, but where's the evidence and where's the article that, you know, says that? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we have to see it. It has to be tangible. It has to be yeah. And it's like, how recreate. can we just... We have to be able to recreate and reproduce it. So how can we can just live it. in a space where we just, you know, kind of believe it, you know? And then with, but also without having to be prescriptive, which I think is what institutionalized religion does, is it's like, this is the way to God. And it's one and size it's, fits all. Yes. And if we don't do it this way... It's not going to happen, right? And really, from both of those places, don't trust your intuition. Absolutely. Don't trust yourself. Don't. Yeah. You have to trust only what you see. And if that already was in the message of sexism and racism, right? Don't trust yourself. You know, yeah. it just all comes together. So really important work that you're doing. I want to, I, what I want to ask, because I think it's important for people to kind of get a clear picture, like we've experienced a channeling session with you so we kind of know but even that when people have asked us like what is it we're like I don't know so maybe you I could I still don't know what it is <laughs> <laughs> but I was just gonna ask you like could you walk like what is what is it like what does that mean what is and um I know like you shared with us last time a little bit of like your preparation so maybe that could kind of tell us like what mm-hmm. maybe um what exactly is a channeling session? What does that look like for you? You know, we know what it looks like on our end. Thank you. So the channeling, and I'm not even sure if that's the right word for it. Like, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. still discovering, I'm still mm-hmm. having a relationship with this experience myself. I still am very humbled and honored and also 
you know, trying to hold space for this to continue to happen. Every time I, someone asks for a channeling or I, have, I get invited to do a group channeling, I always wonder, is it going to happen today? Because I don't know. It's not like I turn mm. it on or off. It just, my experience is that I have to really be really relaxed. Like if mm. I could release resistance, if I could just let go of resistance, which is like fear and anxiety mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. tension in the body. Mm. And that happened. I didn't, that didn't come from my mind. To be quite frank, I once opened a book and I said, okay, universe, tell me what I need to know about this book. And it was The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I've not read the whole book. Mm. I didn't feel like it. I just said, I just want to tell, just tell me what I need to know. I listened to some of it on tape or something a long time ago. It was powerful, though. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I have not read the thing. But I opened the book and I, and I just said, oh, God, just tell me what I need to know. What, what is the one thing you want me to take away from this book? Because I have so many books I that I sort of like to I read. Love it. This is I do those Biblio Fortunes where I open the book like yeah. that for people because I think it's important. Sure. Right? They don't have to read the whole book. You yeah. can actually do this. So I, yeah. said, I said that. And I opened the book to a part where it said, you have to release resistance. And I said, great, that sounded revolutionary to me. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I'll work with that for a few years. And I still haven't read the book because I feel like, okay, I need I need to be grounded in what I just discovered with this channel, right? So I released resistance. And I felt like something happened when I started to practice that releasing resistance. Mm. Release, releasing resistance, right? But what I also understand just by being an Ayurvedic practitioner, is that it's not easy to just let go of tension, to Mm. just let go. But by, once again, going back to taking care of the body, Mm. your parasympathetic nervous system kicks in. So you go into a place of calmness, calm awareness, and then there's less resistance. So just that's like the basics, right? You take care of your body, eat certain ways, drink a lot of water, take care of yourself, rest, so once we have less stress, which is already something mm-hmm. that we know we have to work on, mm-hmm. then we have more capacity to mm-hmm. guide ourselves to, okay, and where else do I have resistance? Oh, I have this tension in my heart because I haven't forgiven this person. Oh, I see. I have to work on forgiving this person. So I started to work on forgiveness, 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 forgiveness. When I started to forgive people in my past that oppressed me, wow. Mm. so much started to open up for me more resistance started mm. to leave my body I at the time I didn't have the language for it but now that I'm, mm. I'm into Ayurveda and, and I study the Vedic teachings I understand that I was allowing more of the kundalini force energy to travel through my body mm. the chi, the prana the, mm-hmm. the intelligence of, of nature that travels through all of our body, travels through all living things mm-hmm. If you think about it, that intelligence comes from the source. Mm -hmm. So if we relax and release tension, we could experience more of our own source energy within us. So Mm -hmm. then we once again tend to our inner temple. We tend to the church, our body. Mm -hmm. So when that started to happen, I'm telling you, the (laughs) intuition just skyrocketed. And the process now when I go in to do a a channeling is that I, I do a guided meditation so that you all could relax, so that I could relax even further. The more resistance I guide you into mm-hmm. releasing through mm-hmm. stress and tension, the more that, that I release because we're all connected yes. through the heart, right? Mm-hmm. Through our vibration, through our auric field. So the more the, the room is relaxed, then it's easier for me to sink in. And then I like to think of it as tapping into the person's field of intelligence. So mm-hmm. I allow myself to stretch I'm trying to even think because it's so organic for me that I don't really even have a process. I just 
relax. I swear, mm-hmm. just release the resistance. Yeah. And I pu- kind of not push, but just stretch myself to connect to the person with their permission. And once we sink in, kind of like the movie Avatar when they when the guy oh. connects <laughs> to the bird with his hair with his ponytail, uh-huh. how he sinks in and then they're merged as one and they're one, they're one force. That's what I do. I just merge to the person, energetically sink to their vibration, and then the space around us, the ether, the intelligence of the ether, kind of just downloads information and allows me to receive the messages as visions. They're like browsers that become available for me. And I don't see them viscerally with my eyeballs, but I see them with my with like my mind's eye, with uh-huh. my third eye, and my heart. And like my whole body just knows this about this person. Either their guardian angel tells me something, or their uh, downloads a vision, or their ancestor downloads a vision. Sometimes the information is downloaded all at once. And that's why I talk fast when I start to channel because I'm trying to get it all out so that I don't forget because it all just sinks into me like boom, 100% downloaded. And it's a lot of information. So I have to just boom, 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 I spit out as much as I can to share that, that piece of knowledge with the person. But wow, it's interesting. <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting. interesting. And when the person is receptive, so when the person that is receiving the channeling is open to hearing, their heart is relaxed. They yeah. feel safe because they know that it's resonating with their heart. What What is mm. being shared has to resonate so strongly that it starts to relax and relax and relax and they start to release resistance. And that's where I feel that it's, it's my purpose is to support mm. other people in learning how to release resistance. So typically the things that are downloaded are things that are going to help them in clearing the fears in their body or the anxieties mm. that they have or the traumas or the false perceptions they have about themselves or someone else. So what it does, that information that gets downloaded, you because this is my intention, working with this, with this whatever you want to call it, this energy, this this um, connection, this bridging of dimensions. Mm. What it is is the intention is so that the person can also activate their their spiritual gifts. The intention is for you to feel the life force energy traveling better in your body when you release that resistance, that fear, and you start to feel love. You start to become empowered because you start to feel some sort of way, like, oh yeah, this feels good, mm-hmm. doesn't it? When you receive, I know when people get challenges, they're like, oh, that was exciting because something is moving through them. It's, You're letting the flow mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm. life force energy move through you. You're synced yeah. into that field, mm-hmm. and while I have you in that channeled state, your guides are having their way with you. <laughs> they are putting in more information in your body. They're activating mm. you. They're creating. Like the mitochondria to your to your spiritual fibers, you're really becoming more part more of your light body. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. I I see so much more than what I share in the channelings, mm. but it's so much that it happens so fast that it's kind of impossible for me to be able to to yeah. share everything that ha- mm-hmm. that is happening. Mm-hmm. And while I'm channeling, say for one person, the observers are already releasing resistance because mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. getting excited too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The vibration of the room starts to elevate mm-hmm. and I elevate and elevate. Sure. Yeah. So by the time we're done. The entire room is buzzing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. For me, it's amazing to witness how you all start to let go of layers. Yeah. And there's triggers that happen, but in those triggers that come up are usually 
supported by the guides and the angels. They're yeah. letting, they're wanting you to become triggered too with some of the truth that comes up because right, we're supposed to be seeing, we're supposed to, as the channeling is coming through, what, what triggers you is what needs to be cleared so that you can let go of a false perception you have about yourself or a situation that is still keeping you chained to the shackles of the past. Talk about therapy. Gosh, <laughs> right? I just feel like... It was... I know I was so sharing, you know, because you've we can record these channeling sessions. And so um, when I went back to listen to the one-on-one that you and I had, and at that point, my dad had been... Yeah, so it was... God, it was just this past September. So it was coming up on that, like, four-year mark. And, um, I mean, I had cried my fair share, but in that session, I was, like, Mm -hmm. bawling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was coming from the most visceral part of, like, I could... It was a primal cry. Primal. Primal. And I was, like, Mm. you know, because right after he died, I, you know, I was pregnant. I was in the middle of writing my dissertation, so I felt like I didn't have... Time and space to, to hold space for yourself, and so it took years, you know, and it took finding like where can I do this in a safe mm-hmm, way, or where can mm-hmm. I like? So for me, it felt like it was the release. It was like getting permission to just let go, let go of resistance. And now, since then, when I when I do let go, it's mm-hmm. when I have when I do let go, it's much more. Um, it's lighter. It's lighter, and it's easier. Anyway, um, it's like it almost like it. I felt like um, like a wine cork, yeah. mm. and that was the release. And now there's, it's like now I can let it go easier, you know. Whereas before I was holding tightly into that like yeah. wine cork, like nope, mm-mm, mm-mm, because I know if I let it go, it's gonna be a mess, you know. And so yeah, it was, yeah, it was what I needed to kind of just. <sighs> You know, and so it was healing in that way for me to kind of allow myself to just let it it's go. It's very healing. It's very healing for me too to see people release. It just reminds me of how much more we need to release, mm-hmm. how much more available, and the glow that happens. Because after the reading, you all feel to me like glow worms. <laughs> That's the I feeling it. that I feel when we're done. In the beginning, it feels like you're having happy that you, there's blankets of anxiety and fear. Uh-huh. Like, what's gonna happen? What are they gonna tell me? Uh-huh. Is it even real? There's all this tension and resistance. <laughs> yeah. And after the channelings, there's just this lightness. It's like you go to church because you are yeah. receiving the guidance from your own ancestors, from your own. <laughs> Guardian angels, um, and yeah. sometimes, yeah, from interdimensional versions of yourself from other realities, which has <laughs> opened things up for me to understand that what the what? Yeah. What are you talking about? And then I had to do research on like parallel universes, and oh. it's been very educating. This direct c- communion has been very educating for me. Like, it's really helped me become more available to. Like higher consciousness things that yeah. oh people have written in the in you know back in the days the ancestors yeah. the ancient. This is making me remember how I, as soon as you started talking to, I think, Danelli at the time, I would just cry because you talked about (laughs) her brother. And I was like, because we had just had the Dia de los Muertos thing at her house. And I was talking about my grandparents. And then when it came to me, I think I cried the whole time. 
And it reminded me of when I was pregnant. I would just cry like instantly. And how actually all of it felt so great. I think it reminds me of our children Mm -hmm. who just cry and it's out. And then they go. And then they move on. And they move on. And how we've been told, you know, from that same story from before, right? Just to hold everything in, you know? Yeah. And how birth was also cathartic for that because you're like, no, let go. <laughs> yeah. Relax, relax, don't resist, you know? Yeah. It's beautiful how you um, associate it with birth because when we're doing the channelings, I do feel like a birth, like a midwife. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're birthing the shadows, releasing the shadows so that. <laughs> we've been talking about all these different midwifery things death birth um this you know energy resistance like midwifery and we're trying to like <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it it just points out that there like you said there's so much healing work that mm-hmm. needs to happen on on so many different levels you know mm-hmm. whether it's how we grieve, whether it's, you know, death, um, whether it's, you know, like resistance, like that's such a, that's such a really interesting way to see it, right? The way that we, whether it's because of society or because we're taught that way, right? To resist mm-hmm. our inner intuition, our instincts. our instincts and how, you know, you say that really your um, purpose, right, is to get us to let to stop to let resisting go. to let go and it actually feels better right <laughs> someone was even talking to me about you know pelvic floor um oh is about um resistance and relaxing yeah um post-birth you know um and i was like wow and i feel like all this is coming together for me yeah so much just live my life in such a resisting way well that's what we've been taught yeah Yeah. um so i wanted to ask you because i think another part of this work is and we often talk about the stigma of everything right like we talk about menstruation and how just talking about your period there's stigma right Mm -hmm. and talking about you know, birth even, right? right? There Ooh. can be stigma. And so obviously in in this kind of work, there's a lot of stigma, you know, there's a lot of skepticism. So how do you manage? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've had to release a lot of resistance <laughs> around that because coming out as an intuitive, even putting it on my website, even promoting that on, you know, the handles and all it's not something that I have been comfortable with because of the judgment mm-hmm. and the stigma of I wanted to be this resourceful healing Ayurvedic person mm-hmm. and now I have this other tool in my toolbox that mm-hmm. is scary for people and it's misunderstood yes and it was scary for me to 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 release it and to be how could I say, uh, confident in sharing it because there's a lot of dark, mm. There's there are dark people that have this capacity to mm-hmm. bridge dimensions. I'm not that one. I'm not in that, in that team. I really truly ask that if this is going to continue to be part of my life, that I stay in the high vibration mm-hmm. with the supportive spiritual helpers 
because as we know there's all there's all kinds of spiritual energies out there and i only open myself to positivity and uh, higher vibrational beings so how i deal with it is by you mean the, how when people ask me or yeah. just in general the yeah. criticism i haven't had too much criticism to be quite frank mm-hmm. but one of the things that i've kept that I know that I have to work on is being confident and more comfortable sharing it mm. and talking about it. So this is my way being here with you. Thank you for... I had set an intention that this year I would be more comfortable. So oh. in January I said, okay, this is my year to come out. <laughs> to come out more. Wow. And to be... So thank you when you invited me. I said, oh my gosh, you see how you answered the call to my intention. Wow. So this I'm very grateful intent- to you. Our intention is coming to fruition like here yeah, for is. all of us, really. This is amazing. Yeah, we were having a conversation last night too about, and it's so interesting, the idea of coming out, mm-hmm. right? And and kind of really putting it out there to the public, like this is something we believe in, this yeah. is something we do, this is it's a practice helpful. that we it's have, yeah. and you yeah. know, but but again, for us getting back to you know like you know we're on our own healing journey, but then as a mother, also mm-hmm. wanting to mm-hmm. be able to give mm-hmm. our children. Mm-hmm. tools mm-hmm. so that they you know not that they won't have to because they'll have their own set of struggles but then they'll have a larger toolbox mm-hmm. to pull from when they those yes. struggles come up whereas we were like <sighs> searching you know for whatever we could and sometimes what we had wasn't working you know and so for me it's like wanting to give them like yeah. a much more expansive like idea of spirituality you know yeah. And I want to be, like, part of his toolbox, too, right? Our yeah. kids' toolbox, yeah. But part of the way that I deal with it is by educating myself about it. Mm. And in the Bible, it does talk about <laughs> seers. Yeah. There are seers, and they were not criticized. They were a part of people that saw the future. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. has been very helpful for me in one way, even though I don't always rely on Bible, biblical um, teachings. However, that was validating. Yeah. But also, I love that you're coming back to the Bible a couple <laughs> times. It's kind of cool. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, that I'm was my origin. I was a very, very, yeah. I was very committed to my Bible study when I was little. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I you had Jesus those- Christ on my walls instead of having posters of like, Corey Hain, where all the... New kids on the block. The Corey's. Yeah, so I had Jesus and mm-hmm. the guardian angels. You know, the little yeah. angel walking over the bridge with the little Yes, my, my kids have that. <laughs> my abuela has that. My kids. Had it that, and that's the beautiful thing about religion that I do, that mm-hmm. I did instill in my son, is the tradition of having belief. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's yes. that's one thing yes. that I wanted my son to have. I wanted him to believe in angels and to yes. believe in Jesus' story and believe and in to prayer. Believe in prayer, yeah. that connection it was very mm-hmm. important. So I took the things that worked for me when I was little, yeah. but I threw away everything else, which was like ninety <laughs> percent. Well, and really, because I sometimes I find myself, you know, it's hard to escape twelve years of Catholic school where you took religion Absolutely. as a class, and so. I'm so familiar with so much of the teachings and the doctrine. And so, yes. you know, I rely on it, you know, and I've done the same thing. But I think I always say, I come back to the Bible too, and I'm like, Jesus was, you know, he, he, was, an, he was an activist. <laughs> yeah. He was a rebel. He spoke up for the people. You know, he hung he out was with... Yes, you know, he, he, a goddess. He was, he was a social justice yeah. warrior, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. 
Yeah. He was out there talking to people nobody wanted to talk to. He Absolutely. was going Loved against everyone. the the powers, mm-hmm. you know, and he mm-hmm. was He was outspoken. Yeah. He is my role yes. model. <laughs> but also the women. Yes. That yes. helped him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? And so there's there's a lot And of he had such reverence for his own mother. Absolutely. You know the way he, his and relationship his with with his, he had yeah. siblings. And he was one of the... Ooh, like, say that on the Well, if you believe, there are so many other books that, that talk about Jesus' story. I, I agree. The Book of Your Ranch is one of my favorites, and it has a lot of information on, on the teachings of Jesus and Jesus' life. And he apparently it. had siblings, and yeah. he, was very, he was a good role model for his siblings. He was very hardworking. He really helped his mom. And that, to me, that speaks to me because I'm the eldest of six, mm. and I take my sister role very seriously. Yeah. Same. And not a it, sex, though. <laughs> and that's the beauty of our culture, right? We really do yeah. take care of each other. We're in our heart. We, yeah. We're compassionate. And not to say that other cultures are. I'm just saying, like, I just have to say that about our cultures. That yeah. we really do honor our grandparents. We honor our mothers and our fathers. And we, mm-hmm. we make an attempt to be united yeah. despite our differences. It matters to us that they stay with us until their last days. Yeah. That we honor them. And, and mm-hmm. that's, to me, that's being in your heart. Yeah. Being available to the, mm-hmm. the love, the unconditional love. So one of the last things I wanted to mm-hmm. get into is, um, I think we've talked a lot about this, but I think I really want to hear this, or I want it to come out a little bit more because you're an Ayurvedic practitioner as well. And the connection between right mind body spirit and how do you see a lot of this work right this sort of like spiritual healing play into right so you because you say if you ground yourself physically eating right doing all these things it puts you in tune with your intuition but what is the reverse relationship right where the more that you the the more that you you know tap into your intuition the more your physical body heals mm, absolutely yeah well yes because you are able to listen to your inner voice and your body will tell you i don't like this food i don't need this mm. i'd rather have this doesn't mm. you have to listen to it <laughs> <laughs> and, but but i recognize that when i do listen to my body that i feel better and when i feel better my calm my my calmness is more available to me yeah. because my brain feels better i'm sleeping better I'm rejuvenating better at night. I wake up feeling more energized. I rely less on my comfort habits. And I'm more able to reflect. And so by being being more grounded, I guess, rooted in in my body, my menstruation, my hormones, being conscientious of what works for me, what doesn't work for me, because Ayurveda is not one size fits all. It is very custom. Like, what is... Renee need to eat so that she can feel better. What do I need to eat so I can feel better? We all have different digestion type digestion types, and now modern science is recognizing that your gut is mm-hmm. so important. The brain gut mm-hmm. connection, right? Mm-hmm. Ancient civilizations have been telling us this all along. So by eating with the balance mm-hmm. of nature mm-hmm. and eating in a certain way that aligns us with a better health, we then have a greater capacity to think. Because ninety yeah. percent, approximately ninety percent of our brain cells are created in our gut. So then, yeah, I know we're not taught this, right? <laughs> and they travel Dang. to our brain through the vagus nervous system. Guess who takes them there? The good bacteria of the gut. 
All right, I gotta up my that's probiotics. Legal. I know that's why probiotics <laughs> are such a thing I now gotta because up my probiotics. modern research is starting to agree with the ancient wisdom. Yeah. But the better you feel in your body, the better your mind works. Your mind is yeah. your brain is your command center. Yeah. The better your command center works, guess what? All the things that you have in oh, you're gonna love this. All your inherent <laughs> spiritual gifts that come from the lineage that you come from your ancestors. All the spiritual intuition, if they were, you know, tuned in mm-hmm. back in the day, like you say, your grandmother uh, read tarot. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, somebody had a, a shaman mm-hmm. in their lineage. All of their inherent gifts that they cultivated that are in your DNA will be expressed mm-hmm. with more readily because you're grounded. This kind of takes us into the chakras. Like the more rooted we are, we have a larger foundation to rise into our spiritual nature. But if we're not grounded, we're not rooted in our physical body, the command sister gets thrown off balance. So none of our inherent gifts that were already downloaded in us because of our ancestors, right? They're already in us. We already have the apps in our physical body of our (laughs) gifts. If you're a creative, you're an artist, you're a singer, all of this will be more readily available to you if you nurture yourself which relaxes you, which empowers you, which gives you a greater capacity to open your heart to your heart's desires mm. and to pursue your goals. <laughs> it's so, you know, it's so interesting. I uh, I mean, we've all been on these healing journeys and me, my, I feel like mm. my body and everything else, there's still this like disconnect and mm-hmm. um, it's, 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 it's this cycle, right? Like the better you treat your body, the better your mind's going to be, the better your mind is, the better you're going to treat your body, Absolutely. right? It's this like, you got to get into this positive cycle versus the vicious, mm-hmm. so how do violent you cycle. Holistic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to start first by making that a priority of taking care of our body. So it starts in our mind by then in our mind, we set an intention. We decide, I want to feel better. I want to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. It starts in your mind. Mm-hmm. Then you address the body's needs, and then guess what? Mm-hmm. Your spirit naturally will blossom. Mm-hmm. You will tap into your own intuitive nature. Yeah, that can't happen if we're not feeling well. That can't happen if we don't have the thought to do it. We have yeah. to set an intention. We have to direct our mind. It all boils down to our focus. Mm-hmm. What are we focusing on? What are we bringing into our awareness? What are we? What are our, our thoughts like? Yeah. What am I telling myself about who I am? Am I telling myself nice things about myself? Yeah. Am I telling myself nice things about the world? It starts in our mind. <laughs> and then through that decision to be better, to love ourselves, right? We nurture our body. And then our spirit will, without a doubt, organically, you will feel more of your own soul's vibration. You will be lighter. And that's what everyone's talking about now in the, this collective consciousness. Raise your vibration. Raise your vibration. <laughs> think positive mm-hmm. thoughts. But how can we think positive thoughts if we're not feeling well in our body? Mm-hmm. I deal with a lot of people that are not well and they want to be positive and they're listening to those YouTubes and those, <laughs> they're going to those seminars and they feel charged in the moment and they're positive, but mm-hmm. no one's telling them, uh, did you eat this morning? Did you drink enough water? How are you sleeping? Yeah. Oh, by the way, are you still angry at your mother or your father? <laughs> oh All that resistance, right? And guess what Let's else drink some causes? Water right now. Guess what else causes resistance? Toxins, chemicals, mm. preservatives. 
all the stuff that they're feeding us. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they're feeding us those things? <clears throat> because the more ground you are, the less spiritual you, you, you will be. It's kind of a vague conversation. I know. <laughs> no, it's a great one. I just feel like it's, well, like, like, it's I just not a, a channeling session and not an energy session, but I feel like all oh, these messages are just like, <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, you just said, why do you think they're they're feeding us all these toxins <laughs> so that we are not connected to our spiritual selves, so that is we it, just it keep it's soma, right? Or the status it, quo, like, right? Yeah, we just keep absolutely. we just oh god. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I have a new way to explain like institutional oppression right because it's it it is part of this right they want to keep us dulled down controlled so that we can just don't question right don't investigate just move along the way you're supposed to you know so that we can continue to control control and that's not working for us anymore because we're much too conscious of our soul. Yeah. There's so much information. We're in a new yeah. We're in a new age. Yeah. And this, this next week is actually even more empowering. It's a very auspicious time that we're living. It's a very appropriate time for us to be having this conversation because even in the spiritual community, there's so much discord. Mm. There's so much. Just focus on your upper chakras. Just focus on your intuition. Uh, just focus on your heart. Mm. Just focus on being happy all the time. And that's not working either. Because I work with people that are spiritual, that yeah. are practicing, that are yogis, that are meditating, but they're ungrounded. They're still hurting. Yeah. They're still fearful. Yeah. They're anxious driven. Yeah. And they're not rooted in truth. And the only way we're going to get rooted in truth is by dealing with what is harming our physical body first. The more you empower your physical frame, the more capacity you have to deal with the traumas that have oppressed your ancestors that are still oppressing you because your mother wasn't healed, your father wasn't healed, this person molested you, that person did this to you. All of those things that oppress us, especially women, Mm -hmm. are coming from... I'm like, no, this is, this is perfect. This is exactly. I'm just looking at your face is like, oh my gosh. No, 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 no. This is exactly where we, we. This this is is a point of transformation for me, I think. Especially after giving birth, I feel like just a lot of things that I didn't know were wounds were coming up as wounds. Ancestral, personal. And I have, um, you know, motherhood is, or, you know, being at home and being with the child and. It just, there's a lot that kind of overcome you. And I think this is giving me just hope and naming things that I, I would love to be named and, you know, just confirmation yeah. and everything. Thank you. I feel like, Thank no, you. this is totally speaking our language. Oh, yeah. Right? When we're talking about, you know, how we, and, and you know, because part of this too is about having access to these modalities, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That we... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because of the ancestral trauma, we're, we're taken away from us in so many ways. Right. And now we're maybe in a time where we can reclaim those. Yes. Right? We talk a lot about reclamation. Absolutely. Like, how can we reclaim those mm-hmm. as a means to heal our ancestral trauma, heal ourselves, and create a better future? And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, no, yeah. We are purposefully being mm-hmm. diseased mm. with toxins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
psychic toxins by the things that we that are constantly going on in the media. Yes. Even the media itself is very distracting. Mm-hmm. Imagine. I think I like using that word a lot. Imagine if the people <laughs> that are constantly on social media had that much practice with their physical body or with nature or with anything that healed them. Imagine if we tapped in that as mm. much as we check social mm-hmm. media or post. Imagine if we had that much access. Like if we meditated that much time. Or talk to God. <laughs> yeah. To yeah. the universe. So to the infinite. I, I feel like the universe is a very limiting word for what the creator is because there are a lot of universes and mm. the creator created the universe. So it's like, but anyway, a lot of people use that word. But the, like the higher power, if we tapped into reading about the higher power as much as we were distracted by our outer world we would be so much more in in a much better place as a society and i think that's where i'm at right now like how can i share with people that we we can we can take more of our power back we're already doing it slowly even with all the distractions we're all trying we're like yeah 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 i want to be more spiritual but i'm still tapped into so much that doesn't harm help me yeah like drugs and you know things that people do which we all it's not a judgment it's just like okay you don't have to choose to let go of those habits but just know that your progress is going to be slower yeah just know you know what i mean like just be conscious of do you just be conscious of like we have to be aware that these things that are harming our energy are going to slow down our spiritual progress and we're not in the time right now that we need to be dull yeah so much is happening in the government so much is happening in the world we need to be conscious of what's going on and we need to be well in our in our body thinking about all this dis-ease dis and ease you know the disease of of things uh, you were saying in different aspects of our lives and then thinking about all of the quote-unquote healing modalities that are readily available and out there are so if if they're if they're if they're healthy they they are healing they're just like the 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 skim just the top of it right nothing in the depth of real healing you know um whitewashed or um um you know washed in a different rhetoric or or not even just not not the depth of real healing that i think that you're talking about too um and so there's both the disease and then there's the selling of things um for a really high price that actually um aren't as healing as people would like them to be yeah i think i think that for me that it's always about access right like do people have access to this do they you know you know, we talked about the stigma. So there's stigma. They're, they're, people are dealing with so much that keeps them from these these ways, these healing ways, you know, by no fault of their own, you know. And it's like you said, it's it's we're in a time where, you know, on one hand, we have maybe more access than we ha- we've had in the past, but also a responsibility to make it more accessible to everybody, yes. you know, and make it more accessible, particularly to those who suffer the most, Absolutely. you know, under these, the powers that want to keep us dull, you know. Right. Just thinking about wanting this podcast to be that, you know, to, to yeah. make that, to make the conversation more accessible. So mm-hmm. anything else you want to share with us? Anything <laughs> you feel, else you feel inclined to, mm-hmm. to speak to before we wrap it up? <laughs> to have this opportunity and to be in this dialogue with you i have these conversations all the time with healers and friends but never recorded so <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, it'll be interesting mm. to, to get it out there. I'm, I'm proud of you for doing this because it takes courage to put something together, to make the time. Both are very busy moms and wives and teachers and doctors. And I'm really proud of you for standing up and having authority to make this happen. It's important, this work that you're doing. It's very important. Mm. All the work that we do is important yeah. because we're doing it with a good heart to mm-hmm. increase the consciousness right to help mm-hmm. and it's healing to ourselves too. oh yes mm-hmm. we're also mm-hmm. empowering mm-hmm. ourselves mm-hmm. <sighs> for sure so beautiful thank so you thank you so much for doing this well, thank you thank That's you nice. um before we go, I want you to tell people where they can find you, how to get in touch, <laughs> if, if you want. All the distracting places. <laughs> <laughs> well, I post on social media on Wednesdays usually um, because I have this relationship where um, I appreciate the connections, but I, I don't want it to own my mind. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like my little thing that I have that I post on Wednesdays on Instagram, my Website is called Mother Earth Ayurveda. So Mother Earth, A-Y-U-R, V as in Victor, E-D-A. I do have a Facebook page, also Mother Earth Ayurveda. And, um, yeah, they could connect with me or text me, 562-441-3014. I'm kind of old-fashioned. I like conversations and, like, in-person That's calls. awesome. Yeah, and we'll link um, mm-hmm. the website and stuff in the show notes for the Thank for the you. podcast. So this has been amazing. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank I'm you so for being here. This, this is, is awesome. All right.